Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. And they're pulling it out. Uh, goes, what, what state did I just see? It, it was on the news that it's coming down. And so a lot of these old things are toppling. But see, we have to be in place to put Jesus there. Or else they're going to find another God, find another one of their replacements for their problems. And so we have to be ready. We have to be positioned. We have to be aggressive. Oh, somebody's saying no sound. Really? Hold on. Let's see. Okay. Let's see if this works. I had to reset. So, and 
God, be in your place, in your career, in your education. Saints are conditioned to skip over the educational piece, rely on the anointing and impartation. If I can just have Dr. Price lay hands on me, I know I can do it. Now, look, that'll help take you over. Trust me, I've been there. When you need help going over the top. How, but it is not the replacement. The anointing is not a replacement for competence. It's not a substitute for competence. It's not a substitute for preparation and due diligence. When you go back and read the word, as it is written time and time and time again, the apostles and the prophets told us it's in the work. Faith without works is dead. You have to endure to the end. You have to study to show yourself approved. All of these, they talk about the race, talk about the prize, not just a touch from Jesus. You know, the woman got a healing touching the hem of his garment. And that was that. Not salvation, not promotion on her job. Now, she might have been able to get a promotion if she had a job because now she could go to work. Okay? <laughs> but that, uh, that is not so that is not the all in all. And we have brought everything down to just lay hands on me. If you lay hands on me, then that's, that's it. When you actually go back and read when the laying on of hands happened and what it was for, you also have to look at when in the process it happened. It was laying on of hands for healing, laying on of hands for inauguration, motion, casting out devils, different things. But... People in positions of power still had to go through the process. Daniel, oh, Lord have mercy. They were in school. They, how do you know someone is ten times better? Because they're tested. That's a statement of measurement. That's a statement of evaluation. That is not a statement of anointing. It did not say that his anointing was ten times magnified than the people that he had to rule over. On Sunday, when you go back and listen to Sunday's message, when Dr. Price went in on the snake. Moses and Pharaoh and his magicians. Moses was highly educated. He was highly educated in Egypt before he was on the run. You were now raised in the palace. We make a palace uh, experience fantastical. You just walk around and look pretty all day. Just, you know, sip on things and have people fan you and give you grapes and bring you cheese. That's the extent of being in the palace. Not if you were in line for rulership. And to be royalty, they understood to be royalty was to be a ruler or the potential to be a ruler. Half the family gets wiped out. The next royal in line is the one in charge. When we go back and we watch The Crown and we see Queen Elizabeth's story, how she was not prepared to rule because really rulership jumped in her family line because the brother abdicated for love. You see how that turned out. Abdicated. And so it fell on her father, who did not count on dying a premature death. And so he did not prepare his daughter to be queen. She married somebody who could not be king, as the title goes, and on it goes. So you, the preparation is essential to rulership, not just the laying on of hands. Whoever needs to hear this today, quit chasing people to just impart things into you. First of all, you don't really know what's being imparted into you, and you really need to be protective of that. You know, you pick your doctor wisely. We have all of these issues with vaccines and, and uh, really um, debates about vaccines. 
So how much more do you just want people to just impart their spirit? Just impart, just impart. Well, hold on. I need to know. Have you been screened? Okay. Is your spirit sanctified? What are you imparting into me? Because sometimes we're walking around with more issues because we pick them up from all of these indiscriminate impartations that you're chasing down. So training is essential. We cannot be incompetent in Jesus. She said on Sunday this amazing word, like I said, that we're going to edit out and circulate all by itself. But she talked about the rise, the return, and the rise of the Church of Jesus Christ. Do you know what that means to us? That's responsibility. Like, we're excited. I mean, you hear us. We're screaming our heads off at church like, yes, go, Jesus, go. But then what? We have to get equipped. We're here for the equipping of the saints, not the feel good. The equipping, we must be equipped to do something with this rock, to do something with our power, to do something with our placement, or else we're going to be more of the same problem. Why replace one guard with another if you're going to get the same results? <coughs> Why do that? That's not strategic on God's part. And so part of that, you'll see on the screen here, save the date, June 17th through the 20th, we have our annual Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. I'm trying to think. This is, I was 25 years old when we had our first prophet's luncheon. And it was that. It was an afternoon lunch. I had just turned 25. I think it was on my 25th birthday. I'm 40 now. I'll be 41 by the time this event. So I think this is like the 16th prophetic gathering that Dr. Price has done. This is the author of the prophet's dictionary having an event about the future of the prophetic, God's future, the prophet's role, and the apostle with them, our role in his future. And so it's very essential that you get here. She's rolling out a new series of books this year, Prophetic Primers, Assessing Yourself Prophetically. I have only seen a few sneak peeks. I tell you what, this is probably one of the few projects I've not had my eyes on. And I feel some kind of way about that, but that's fine, because it will be on the market. That's all right. It will be on the market. This is why you need to be at this event. Bring your friends. Bring your group. It is February. So much time to plan and prepare to make it happen. Setting aside $100 a month, $50 a month if you have to, to make it happen. Again, this isn't magic. This is strategy. And a lot of times we say, well, I'm believing God, but let's plan with him. Let's sit down and take our believing in God because many times, can I say this? Is it okay to say this today? Many times we will say, I'm believing God to be there, but we don't take it the next step. How will you do that? Do you need to have a part-time job? Do you need to sell 15 pair of shoes that you're really not wearing? Because I could have a bump in my economy, okay? Do you, do you need to go do a weekend work somewhere else? Do all these short-term things to say, I need to raise $1,500, you know, plane ticket, hotel, food, new clothes, for the event. you always want to wear something new, don't you, when you come to a conference? It's just like the unwritten rule. New. Because, hey, it's a whole new presentation. Let's say you need 1500 to make it happen. How are you going to make that happen if your 9 to 5 is not enough? There are so many ways to bring it in. One of the things that Dr. Price taught us as prophets, and of course as apostles, is you have to build your own economy. 
Okay, that came up with a few guys that didn't want to set, share their spouses with the Almighty. And I have a prophecy for you all that I've been holding back for a while. I'm not going to give it today. I'm, I've learned to give the word of the Lord in season. Because sometimes you give a word out of season and you topple something else that he's doing. So as I go forward in this year, so I'm, you know, writing these primers, I had a great time. I, I, I really did. Uh, I grew uh, as, as if I you know, thought I couldn't, but I grew exponentially. My comprehension of this whole realm called the prophetic has moved into the the literal throne or area because I ain't an apostle. So apostles are always gonna if an apostle is genuine. You see, you got a lot of apostles that are carnal. Remember, I told you there's a difference between First Corinthians twelve twenty eight and twenty nine and Ephesians four eleven. There is a significant difference between those the occupants of those particular offices. And while they're both offices, there is the executive office and then there is the administrative office and the operational office. So when we think about the executive and then we think about operations, that's two different things. So as we go forward, I'll be addressing that a great deal because we need to recognize what happened. Like people are wondering, why is it that we're not getting apostles and prophets on the order of the Bible. Because that's our standard. Yeah. Why are we not getting those? I mean, what is the problem? Why can't we get an apostle like of this or that one? Well, if you look at the mandates on the two particular ones, you'll find out what the difference is. Because in order for us to get the church back in divine order, we have got to stop doing, not stop, please, Strike that. We've got to relegate Ephesians 4.11 to 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and 29. See, because we're out of order. We're out of divine order. Because Ephesians 4.11 is for the Democrats. It's for for the people, for the equipment of the saints, for the work of ministry. That's not what 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and 29 says. They say for the literal guardianship and governance of the kingdom. So there are congregational apostles, and that's what we've been dealing with. Think about all your messages. It's all been about you. You still don't know Jesus. I don't know what God is doing. I was going to cut your shit. Hey, bro, what is he doing? I don't have a clue. Because it's all about you. It's about your gifting. It's about your anointing. It's about your ministry and your calling. And it's a disconnect from what the sovereign is doing. We have totally made it all about the the lay of the sea in church. I was studying last night, reading a very poor edition of the book of Enoch, very poor. I've read three three different editions, and they're not all the same. Uh And so, but I I was reading, and it was talking about, the guy was talking about how the lay of the sea said the book of Enoch was not welcome. Hmm. Lay of the sea is the people's rule. Okay. That's the people rule, males, people, population. Do you understand how that goes? So you, um, so <laughs> and so we are at a place where the the people went first, which is pretty much the normal thing. The people went first. And then the people established it. So when you read Ephesians 4.11, so, and we, I, I made this distinction because in my assessments, my prophetic aptitude questionnaire, my ministerial uh, 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 aptitude,
So they serve at the people's good pleasure. So that's why you're kind of frustrated because it's like, well, you know, I, I don't understand it. Well, if you read it, I mean, and it's so clear. It's almost like Jesus. And I have a section in there on the gifts of the Spirit, and they operate more as a gifting than a the gifted operator. Because, you know, we got the government got high operatives, you know. So we have some. The gifted operator, but not the decision maker, not the shock caller. That's why the devil moved in, because the shock callers were not in place. And they weren't trained or educated to be. So they didn't know. So Jesus stopped. The, the, the literal humanist started calling the shots. You know, I'm going to have to drink some coffee. Y'all got coffee this morning because y'all don't need it. There I am. Ellie. So when I train, when I when I develop apostles or prophets or the fivefold, because see, there's the threefold first. The threefold rules the fivefold in in God's realm. Now in man's realm, well, okay, we'll talk about that another stuff. Sure. But the threefold rules the because if you look, can I just go to the scripture? Can I, let us go to the Bible. I'm gonna get me a little thing up here that's gonna be like. A little tiny, tiny thing where I could just key up a piece of scripture. Because I'm telling you, this is so rich. And so, and, and that's, the, that's the, the mark of an apostle. Because some of you all are struggling with, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. The mark of an apostle is to tell you what the king is doing. And then the second tier is to tell you how the king is carrying it out. So our job is to tell you what Jesus is doing. Because apostles represent the throne of Christ not the people of his population. You got kingdom classes with no message on the king. You are chasing kingdom classes up the front and down the back. Well, I mean, we're in kingdom because our church is shipping the kingdom without the king. That's a takeover. So you need to understand the king because you are you're putting the, that church is putting itself in the seat of the king. And so kings are funny people. Royals, monarchs are crazy people. I like them. I'm partial to them because my sovereign's a king. He's the sovereign of us. And the true ones don't take down easily. Now, you know, you might say, Dr. Price, I don't know. Ask yourself how many video games are on sovereignty and monarchs, and they're all about battle, facing off, taking over, guarding your inheritance, blah, blah, blah. That's the fundamental in the earth realm. So when you when I hear people talk about, well, you know, we kings and priests of God, all you are is rich. That's all you are. And, and let me tell you something, a lot of titleless people are rich. But the, but, but the goal of that is to be rich and powerful. So we drop powerful and we got prosperity. We got profit. You're rich. You don't have a say in anything. Your word sways little or nothing except the world that you do, and you got to buy that. That's not what the sovereigns do in God's realm. And so I've done a lot of studying on this because I have to study because, you know, folks don't want to know, Dr. Price, why you say what you say. And see, I'm not going to ask you to believe me at face value because I can track my stuff. I track and trace. That's what I like to do, track and trace. So when Paul, all of the stuff that Paul said, you all act like Paul was a, was a, 
a congregationalist. He was not. He was an apostle. And he was an apostle under the realm, under the era of monarchy, sovereignty, and royalty. That was his world. Just like America wants us to think totally democratic, that's not all. All of them not think democratically. That's why so many of you all Christians, you are Democrats, because any God will do. As long as it's a God that you can agree with. Paul was not that. And that was not his era. He had a tough job. His, his job was tough. Those apostles, they were not Democrats. I know y'all like to think so, but they were not. They were never Democrats because if there was nothing. Now, trust me, the Romans had the Democratic thing working. They didn't work with it because they understood that if you don't stay joined to the head, you are a body that's going to get taken out. Is that not where we are today? He said, but you have to hold fast to the head. The head is the royal. The head is Jesus Christ. The king, he's the one that birthed us. We've got all of these classes on, on kingdom and all of these uh, classes on, you know, how to get your part in the kingdom. When we're a kingdom church, what does that mean? The next time your leader says that, say, uh, uh, excuse me, sir, excuse me, Naya. What does that mean? What does that, that look like? Because if you're a kingdom church, you're the sovereign of Jesus Christ rules. You don't have made-up rules. You have adapted rules for his governance. Because the Bible said that the government is on his shoulders. So I'm, I, I am in 1 Corinthians. And do I know where I am? So I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians 12. Because the whole of 1 Corinthians 12 answers quite a bit. How are we doing? We're doing well? Okay, because I'm excited. Don't let, don't, don't let me get too excited. Though. Now listen. Starting at 1227, it says, Now ye are the body of Christ. I keep telling you creation is a being, not a thing. The body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church from the body. The body is obviously distinct from the church. So God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, and thirdly teachers. Now, I want you to see something. These are not, I've had, you know, pastors that said, well, you know, that's not what they meant. Yes, they did. They didn't have, a, they didn't have no local churches back then. They had members filled with the Holy Ghost, converted to Jesus Christ, members of his nation who were gathering in places to find out how to live out what they had just become. See, there were no congregations. They weren't defined by physical structures. They were defined by their genetic conversion to the Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, you're members in particular. So every member has a particular place, calling, function, etc. And he said, so God has set some in the church. Now, the, in the church, first apostles. The first thing God said in the church was apostles. Why? Because apostles predate the church. So apostles and prophets did not start as church ministries. They, their existence, that's why I can tell you that the prophetic, the first prophet was able. That's outside of feet. There's feet across the street, and then there's the rest of the world. They can look over there and see those cherubim saying, don't try it. 
I need you to follow me because you keep asking God what the problem is and why we are not in divine order, and you and, and you got to be willing to see it. What we did, we started at start, whatever start looks like. The start is now finished. You ever notice the start line and the finish line? They don't always look the same. Because by the time they get around the race, the start, all of that start prop is gone. Now we got finished prop, winner prop. So now look what happens. If we wanted, wanted to be in divine order and we wanted to see the power of God move, it's not moving on just evangelists. Because it says next, after that. One, two, three, after that miracle. That's divine order. You want miracles? Let's get them back to what God founded, back to what this man came to the planet for, back to why he incarnated. Because as long as we're walking around letting, letting devils do false signs and wonders and letting mishaps and mishapes act out various things that they call anointing and call ministry, we're going to be a laughing stock. So they say, but after that, after what teachers, what kind of teacher? Board of Education, the people who determine the education is coming down to the congregation, all of them. He said, after that, miracles, then gifts of healing. People are not getting healed because we're not where God wants to be. God cannot confirm a lie because people will take the liar's truth and alter their behavior, alter their consciousness and customs to ever, which is what we've done. Now, we can talk about, you know, we can debate, but, you know, that's just not what God did. Something, let me tell you something. When you don't have a job or you don't have money or you don't have people who can't cook, you get bad food, but you still got to eat. You, you use substandard ingredients until you can go up. There's a difference between going to a one-star, two-star, no-star, five-star. And there's a difference. There is a difference. And so you have got to recognize just because God used it doesn't mean he delighted in it. Doesn't mean that it was the pinnacle of what he wanted to get done. Clearly it's not because look at, look at the deterioration that he saw coming. But he's got to keep his son's name out there. He's got to keep his kingdom growing. He's got to keep winning souls to Jesus Christ because God is operating on the end. He is, he's already done the alpha. He's working toward Omega, the big finish. The big reveal. So, now after that, then we get, so, so the first thing we get with the three in place, we get the miracles. And miracles are more than, see, he differentiates miracles from gifts of healing. I've always said miracles are more, are not just eyes, nose, and fingers and toes. This here says here that when the miracles are flowing, that's an institution. You know, the miracle worker is an institution in God, like a hospital. In other words, we have a miracle, a, a site for miracles. So we've got these miracles. People can come and get some healing, and then they can learn how to help God out. Now, once we get all of these things going in place, because success ultimately leads you to government. Once the, when people are agreeing with you, when they're joining you, when they're partnering, they want to know what to do. They want to know their piece of the pie. They want to know their privileges. They want to know the limitations. They want to know the, the discipline. They want to know the, the, uh, uh, um, the, the uh, chastenings or corrections. They want to know all of that. And they want to know it in advance so that they can regulate their own behavior. 
by what you said because they want to get the best out of their efforts. See, we teach government is a nasty thing because our devils need governments to stop so they can become government. You ever notice that we had all of this talking about, about government and whatever, and what are these people fighting for? Government. The evil is fighting hard, just hard for government and the righteous because you can't do anything without government because the word government means steerage. We have to steer this massive ship, and we have to steer it away from destruction to construction away from failure to success. So that's, that's the, we need that. And then lastly, diversity of tongues. Now, why is that last when you would think? Well, don't we need that in the beginning? No. We need diversity of tongues because we're taking over all principalities. And a lot of them, a lot of these old powers, when I do my, teach my other class on this subject, they have old ancient language commands that they know they have to obey. Well, you don't know those commands, and they happened before we got this far in humanity and on the planet. So you have to recognize that when you are speaking in tongues, and, and there's a difference between speaking and declaring and praying in tongues. So when you are commanding, see, this is all commanded stuff. You have to command those spirits in their native language. Because they have a native tongue, too, that they brought from heaven and perverted when they wanted to take over God's kingdom. So, but see, you don't learn that helping the people. You learn that staying with the king. That's how you learn it. So now, isn't that wonderful? Did you like that? Yes. Okay, let's do Okay. I don't hear you again. I don't need y'all to talk to me today. Because I'm going to get caught up. I'm getting caught up. I know, I, I know that this is supposed to be somber. And you know what? Nobody can be more somber than me. Y'all read my stuff. But let me tell you something. The joy of the Lord is coming from someplace. So I'm thinking joy and somber both have a place in God. And he prefers joy. Because you can have joy when things are working or joy when you're tearing down things that were working. All right, so moving on. Well, you know, destroy is what if they do with clean? Now, let's look at Ephesians 4.11, because that's what we've studied. And we've been told that we are to do this this way. So, Here's something very important. I'm going to start. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Ephesians. I'm going to start with make God look good because He's a show. I'm going to start with uh, Ephesians four five. So we are all called in the hope of our calling. So there's one Lord, you know. And you have to be careful because you all are being taught that there's several Jesuses and you gotta and whatever. But that's why God set things in office. See, it's the, the apostles that were with Jesus who told you who wasn't Jesus. See, today's apostles can't really tell you who is Jesus and who isn't for the most part. Now, we got some supers out there. I've not met a lot of them because the majority of them can't take Jesus out of a lineup. And he's wrapped in glory because they're running on the Jesus that they feel, feel something about on the inside and not right recognition and identification of the man. Today's prophets can't prophesy Jesus because they don't know his voice print. Because when you know his voice print, a, a, a 
on rock can say, this is the word of the Lord, and you'll say, but that's the boyfriend of the Lord. You'll only know his boyfriend by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost's job is to reveal Jesus. But if you don't believe in the Holy Ghost, you won't know what is the real Jesus. Because you want the thrill of Jesus. The one that makes you feel real good. The one that has people bopping at the back. The one that has people just chasing you around and swinging money at you. And I want you to know any devil can step in that. God has a frequency. Jesus, as the word, has a voice print. And, he does, and you know why I know? That's right. I don't know if I can get that. He said, well, my sheep know my voice. And another voice, they will not follow. All of these people following false gods and false Jesus and all of that, these are people who are not of his flock. They don't know the man's voice. Can you imagine not knowing your mama's voice, your dad's voice? And you 50 years old still coming, you know, I don't know what my mom sounds like. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's my mom or not. We don't just know his voice print. We know his thought structure, his thought line. We know that there are certain things Jesus will not write. There are things he will not say. And not because he's afraid, but because he does not want you following fakery. So one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all who is above all, I like this, through all and in you all. You will never know Jesus if he's not on the inside. And if you don't cultivate yourself to come from an embryonic channel, through your adolescent channels, you will never know the voice of God. Because God lets babies know his voice, but he won't put them in public service because they've got to know his voice more than incidentally. They have to know his voice extensively. Public ministry requires extensive adaptation to who and what this man is. So he said, um, above all and through all, and, and you all, but you, everyone is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So now look at this. We use grace as an experience of worship, and we leave it at that. But here he's talking about the grace to do, the grace to achieve, the grace to become. So your gift comes with a grace, which means your gift comes with power. You will receive power when that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Wherefore, when he said, he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. That's a whole class that I would love to give you all, but I just cannot do it right now. But that class would set your soul free. Now, he that ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. So where were your gifts? In hell with devil. Because that's where everything about humanity went. The key to hell and the grave were in hell. We don't want to talk about that. Ask your, ask your preacher about that. What does that mean? How did the key to hell and death get to hell? Y'all are like, hmm. How did it get there? How did the key to hell, which means it wasn't in heaven, and it must have one time have been, and they weren't. So the key to hell, that means the codes to getting folks in hell were not in heaven, which is what? Well, anyway, you're going to have to wait for that class. I'm going to leave you hanging. All right. So, <laughs> shut it up. And he said, 
And he that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens that he may fill all things. So what did he do? Once he went to hell, paid the price, we know when he went to hell, he came back with gifts for humanity. What kind of gift? Well, let's talk about it. And he gave some, now that he's back in heaven, he's sending the righteous powers of Christ down on earth to people by, by the Holy Ghost. And he said he gave some apostles. So he, God has sent some. That's the step. Look at the two words. They're not the same word. Sentiment and, and, and gentlemen, not the same word. One is institutional, constitutional, and the other one is, is distribution. Because they so want you out of your place that these Bible writers did not want to use the correct language. Because that was like, wait, that's going to rock the boat. Because the powers that be could have a problem with these. So he says he gave some, some what? Some people, some organizations, some churches, some of these members in particular, he gave some apostles. The idea that everybody has to be in an apostolic church is not in Scripture. Under an apostle, uh, under an apostle, yes. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists. So these are some these are some of the gifts that he brought back from hell. I'm gonna show you this. You're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. You're gonna get to see it better. Because you don't like this. So he goes and he said he gave some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now, pastors are at it because pastors are there for the success factor. The success of the apostle, the success of the prophet, and the success of the evangelist created a new position called pastors. Pastors don't predate the church. Apostles and prophets do. Teachers do. He said in teachers. Now, why? Look at the reasons. Now, remember, we gave you the first reason. Come on, we're going to compare these reasons because you're going to sit there and say, well, I, I don't know if I get that. You probably don't want to get it because you love who gave you the other way. But let's just talk about you want, loving the truth of God. What do we just love Jesus? What do we just love the sovereign of God? What do we just love truth? You have to recognize that if you are passionate about Eric doctrine, you are not a child of the truth. You are not an offspring of the Godhead. You are bound by delusion because truth stands alone. People just love truth only because on the sake of the fact that it resolves struggles and answers. It doesn't just, the truth may not console you. So here we go. So here it says, the first thing, the reason he gave these sons is what? For the perfecting of the what? Saints. For the what? For the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge. And this is the work, they're giving you the work description of the Ephesians 4 11. This is a really work, this is a literal work description. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. And I want you to put perfect being. Because this is a chauvinist thing. Because otherwise, why in the world we need to have the perfection? Because we're not going to be mentioned. Okay. Uh, unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So these 
This peer group is to make you fully cross. First Corinthians, here says, it, it, it has a word description. It says, and, and it's telling you about or how these are going to work. First apostles, secondary prophets, serving teachers. So then after that, miracles. We're going to need some miracles to get some of this stuff off the Miracles. And then, and miracles. And then get some healing. Not just physical healing. How about soul healing? He restores my soul. Six souls cannot convert to Jesus Christ because their will and power to do so are severely compromised. So we have gift of healing, health, government, and diversity of tongues. Now, these exist whether or not, whether or not we can keep the church. Because apostles and prophets have institutionalized Jesus Christ and institutionalized God's realm and the kingdom of heaven before there was an ecclesia. Jesus had to say, hey, guys, my church is coming. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we've been evangelical, and the gates of hell are taking us out. We've been pastoral, and the gates of hell are taking us out. Think about it. The two officers that had to be added because of the saints have been seated in places that were not there. And they have literally barricaded the saints of Jesus Christ from him. Ain't no such thing as no apostle. Ain't no such thing as no prophet. Ain't no such God ain't never called a woman to preach. I don't know why he calls the church a woman. So maybe we didn't need to be called because it was automatic since it was up. <laughs> that could be it. Because he called the church a woman. And for the record, he calls Israel a woman. Even though we named them after Jacob. So I just need you to understand that these two officers redefine kingdom. And they redefine Christianity. And they redefine it. And they redefine it according to doctrines of devils and seducing spirits. And they gave you permissions and privileges that were not given to you. Because we're so busy trying to keep the faith happy. Instead of keeping the kingdom intact. Does this speak to you? Yes. So when you're dealing with that apostle that's telling you all of the benefits for you and all of your goodies, you need to be concerned because that's Ephesians 4.11. And you should have some goodies. So don't, don't but understand the apostles you don't like are the ones that want to keep it for Jesus Christ. Those are the ones you get mad at. That's religious. That's legalistic. Because we ought to be religious and legalistic because we are dealing with the lawgiver. Identity, the key to destiny. We need both. But God is hierarchical whether we like it or not. He is hierarchical. And Paul says that, you know, principalities, powers, kings, thrones, dominions, and on and on, spiritual wickedness, and then spiritual righteousness. We so, we so hopped up on spiritual wickedness, we don't realize that it's regulated by spiritual righteousness. There is a mic and gate. You know, and all the mother, whoever else they got, because, you know, they named her, Uriel, Raphael, and all of that. So we got, we have that, because what did Gabriel say? Gabriel came to Daniel and he said, hey, listen, I got to go back and finish this battle. And nobody's helping me. We don't realize that God's, our issue.
don't know about Mike or the Prince because he's under Nebuchadnezzar. So he has to learn. God has to teach him about the watchers and all of that. But it is up to us to let you know the architecture and the literal archetype of everything we're doing. It starts with 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And so we've trained you to be good to the people. We've trained you to, to accommodate the people. We've trained you to let the people have their say, their way, their spray. You are so trained to the people that you are literally renouncing their sovereign, their God. Because what do you say? Yeah, but if, you know, if I see the pastors are crying about the people because they need them in the seats. You don't need them in the seats. You need them in the kingdom. You need them at the throne. You need them to kind of run through the cross and get a dip in the blood. Three dips, maybe. I don't know. Now, some of you all, I'm, I know y'all like to go ahead on, you know, because the same thing, they, you know, it's hard to say you missed it. But until you miss it, you won't fix it. And you have to, if you don't admit, you will not fix You will keep permitting what you don't admit. And so until we get there and say, you know what, we did it wrong, we got to apostolic this and apostolic that, and this man's kingdom is still sliding off the rock. All of these apostles, you are going to, I mean, if you had, listen, if you had a month's rent for every apostolic meeting you've gone to and came back, gone one way, came back the same way, or worse, you probably could buy a, a, a nice little estate. All of these meetings, and you still didn't recognize, and they talk about the people. You, that's why, and I know they talk about the people, and you want to know why I talk about Why? Because they don't know Jesus. And they don't know Jesus, the apostle. They don't know Jesus, the prophet. You're talking about you all have not come to terms with the fact that Jesus came to earth as a prophet. And you got churches saying, well, we don't do prophets. Then you're not in the church. That's an admission. You go, okay. You told me I had just too many. She told me I did too many before, so I couldn't do anything. <laughs> so you have churches, literal denominations, proudly saying, we don't do prophets. And, you, and you're like, but God won't answer us. Yeah, that's like saying, I don't do, uh, I don't do cell phones. And I don't do phones at all. But I really wish people would talk to me. You saw my, I don't have, I don't have any friends. Nobody. I mean, I go home and it's just quiet. I go and get my car is quiet. I go there and I'm just alone with my own thoughts. You need the phone because the phone is the communications device, and prophets are God's divine communications devices. They exist to get, let us know what's going on in his divine communications media for this generation, for this era. Good coffee. Hope you enjoy yours. Mine is black. So let's talk about your prophetic pedigree. Rejoining God's prophetic legacy. If we're going to do reset, reset means we must rejoin ourselves to God's prophetic legacy. The prophetic is God's longest lasting legacy in the flesh, humanly speaking. The prophetic is the oldest legacy. In the beginning was what? And the word was with God, and 
God, and the same was in the beginning with God, and the Word took on some flesh and dwelt among us. The first thing God found out he was he could do was talk. Wait a minute. And can you imagine? He was like, not only do I sound, when I say things, stuff show up. So I'll just speak, I'll just keep saying things and see what keeps coming out of me. So we get down to Genesis and it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without void, without form. It was void, it was that darkness. And God, what did he do? He did what he's been doing. Let me just talk some stuff into this water. I need to talk some things. Let me talk some light. That's what I'm going to do. So God literally verbalizes everything he's going to materialize outside himself. And when he says it, like when you see, his breath goes forth. Because when you think, your breath shows up. You don't believe me? Stand in front of your mirror and start talking. You're going to have a little bit of air, a little mist. So, 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 then, so it's, not, it, it, it's anonymous because we're being told how the Almighty does it, but understand that God is working with creation. He's showing us this is how I do things. So he said that God spoke everything into existence and then gave it a command. So he spoke the church in existence, and that's like he didn't give a command. He said, and gave it a command, and, and it held fast. Now, we don't even know what the hell to accept maybe the, well, obviously the Holy Ghost, because everything he said held fast on his word. So that means that his word didn't just materialize. They became infrastructure and anchors. Fasteners. His word is a fastener. That's what we don't understand. This is a legacy, guys. This is not something that God is just trying to do because we suddenly come to the 21st century. This is a legacy. This is something he has always done. So much so, devils can't do it differently. If they want his results, they got to do it this way. They just won't give him credit for it, and they will do it to take you out instead of take you up. That's just it. It's weird. I know you like your little psychic classes. You know, y'all little prophets. I'm about a prophet uh, is just a psychic out of this place. Man, I bought that because some, some prophet told me that nonsense. And I woke up, and God said, no, the gifts are calling. Oh, wait a minute, I gotta go back. So he, he just for that. So the gifts and calling are before the foundation of the world. So I got one thing I give to a Balaam, and I got something else I give to a Moses. And a Balaam is not a Moses, and Balaam knew it. See, you gotta own this, and I'm gonna tell you something. I own this, and I own this for the Almighty, because I'm going to lay it at His feet. And I'm going to give him his inheritance. I'm going to fight for what's his. So but let, let us just run back here just for a minute. You want to run back with me? Are they running with me? They're running. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing, Father? They're running. So I want to go back because I want to share something with you to let you know that what I just said about what I just said about the psychic. Because they, they got all these institutions going on. I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. But they got all this going on. And they, their, their job is to confuse the issue. The Bible says Satan's job is to deceive the nation. It is very clear. He has one job, to deceive the nation. 
jump. I know, isn't that something? You thought it was something else. No. The season, his main, that's his top main priority. God literally assesses Satan on how many nations he deceives and how long he keeps them in deception. Y'all rolling with me? That little running emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to run with him tonight. Run it. And so, now this is important. It's so important that you get this because if you, you keep misunderstanding him, our job, God's job, is to relieve and release the nation to Jesus Christ. But Satan's job is to deceive them. Now, why is that his job? You would think that God wants everybody to be in truth. He does, but he wants everybody who is true to be in truth. See, God wants one population. That's why the devil is high. He wants one population, and that is those who are in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's it. Now, it can be trillions, it can be gazillions, it can be gazillions. It doesn't matter. God wants one population. That's it. Satan cannot get rid of all of those other populations. They are him. But his job is to see to it that nothing like him gets back into God's world again ever. That is his job. So he cannot. Now, his job now, is, which is why he's always looking to get back into heaven, because if one person that should stay in deception gets past and gets into God's world, Satan gets to enter them and get back into God's world the way he got in that. So he has a, his job, he cannot do right. He cannot do anything that God does for God's reason. Because he's not an emissary of truth. He cannot. I don't care what they tell you. I don't care how many times they tell you, well, you know, but we, we do, we, we're here to do you good. You're here to do a good job of deceiving us. That's your job. You cannot tell the truth. Because if you tell the truth, it will break down your lie, which is why when these people turn to Jesus Christ, their whole institution dies. We kind of miss you, Joe. So let me let me share something with you. You would would you like to see Ephesians in the Psalms? Because you know a lot of all of this stuff is in the Psalms. So we got Ephesians. I want to take you to Ephesians, I mean to Psalm 68, our favorite one. We like this one, but we never put it together. Psalm 68, 18. So, and you can read it all, you know, you can read it all because it's one of the most powerful ones. I absolutely love it. But if we start at 68, 11, this is our favorite word. It said, the Lord gave the word, great was the company of those that published it. Now, you know, I really appreciate that. Isn't that great was the company of nice? That's not what it says. It said, great was the masses of women who published it. I, I looked at 14 translations and only a handful say that. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of women, masses of women. So who finds Jesus when he rises from the dead? Women. Who at the cross? We don't know where the 12 were. We, we knew John was there and the mama and the women were there. Because 
Jesus, no, uh-uh. Now look it up. I mean, I, I looked it up in several translations, several. And they, it's, a, it's a feminine term. So the Lord gave the word. Now, I don't know, maybe the guys were out flinging swords or something. I don't know. Could have been. You know, because we have it in our minds that women didn't fight wars. So we go down, 68 11, and we're going to go down to verse 18. It says here, Thou hast ascended on high. Did that sound familiar? This is Psalm. This is before Jesus. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men. Yea, here's the part you want, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. That's Ephesians 4. So what did Jesus bring back from hell? If he had to ascend, Paul is giving us a breakdown now over here. He said, but who is he that ascended, but he that also descended into where? The lower parts of the earth. Wait, hold on. Is anybody catching this? You know this is sugar good, isn't it? You know, I'll be standing, if I was standing up, I'd be saying, oh, come on, somebody. So Ephesians 4, 11 happened because Jesus fulfilled Psalm 68, 18. Where was, he said, he, look at him. I love how he did that. Oh, I lost my page. I got to get my sticky drive. Get all excited. I'll pray for me. I get excited. Not so bad. Usually I put a, a sticky in there somewhere, but anyway. Here we are. Psalm 68, 18. Thou hast ascended on high. Well, you can't ascend on high unless people are born again. Because they cannot make it. So everybody who died went to hell and their gifts was with them. Because when you die, your stuff go with you, you know. I mean, come on, Whitney's voice will we ever hear Whitney again. I mean, that other little girl is going all right, but she don't have her own honey. You know, Sister Aretha, come on, somebody. When that girl stopped singing, I was like, ooh, Lord. Because there, there was a, a resonance and there was a, 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 a literal frequency. See, they have a frequency to their sound. See, and so everybody has that. So when they, he, he's prophesying, that Jesus is going to get y'all out of hell, and he's going to bring the gift with you. So we know we talk about he brought back the key to hell and the grave, but how about the um, hell and uh, death? Or how about he didn't say grave? Grave is um, that's just for, you know, creature, you know, flavor. Because <laughs> he never said that. And so, Preacher flavor. You know, preachers like we you know, we like to flavor up stuff. Make for good sound. But so he what is he prophesying? And so Paul understands that and he comes all the way over here to a deep uh, uh, Ephesians four and he recognizes that the Lord did so many things on the cross and in hell with the resurrection. So all of that stuff wasn't God. That's why devils, when before they say devils make people do any old kind of thing with their gifts. Psalm 15 says that's the rebellion. And they do rebellious things with their gifts, which is what we see. But when Jesus redeemed us 
and he ascended on high, he turned around and he said, I fulfilled this. He said, so now all of my father's greatness, all of his talents and, and attributes and endowments, he said, now I can use them with the righteous. I've now recovered them from the rebellion. Because, rebel- I mean, come on, unsafe folk can only do rebellious things with they thought. Why do you think we have everybody turning to witchcraft and all of those kind of things? That's rebellion. Because what does he say? Rebellion is as a sin of what? Witchcraft. So they are rebelling against God. These people go to meetings. You all think that they just kind of, oh, poor booby. See, that's the evangelical mind. But the apostle's mind is like, no, no, that's a strategy. No, that's a tactic. And we know that, that we have to separate you from that. And so why do they have all of these churches that have all these rebellious folks coming up in the church, all these, uh, all of these rebellious gifts and talents? Because they don't belong to Jesus any longer. And so when you don't belong to Jesus, the new owner is like, I'm sorry. You know, kind of like when we looked at St. John and we walked around there, we went to sleep one day and woke up and there was ascension. Because when the new owners come in, they own. So here's something you might like. So, we talked about this, but do you know your pedigree? You know your prophetic pedigree. Right now, the prophetic pedigree that's dominating is the pedigree that doesn't know God. But he said, but those who know their God will be strong. So, we're talking about, well, how were you awakened? You know, how did God awaken you prophetically? Did he use a witch? Did he use astrology? Did he use psychism? Did he use a psychic? Did he use a shaman? Did he use a witch doctor? Who awakened you prophetically? Because that is the who impregnated you for the ministry and office of the prophetic. Now, we might, we might, because you know some of you all, you know, it's all right. The, the person who awakened you, were you molested or were you awakened, enlightened? And you can tell people who were awakened by the wrong spirit and the wrong mantle because they sound like it. They talk two ways. They talk the prophetic from a dark place. They give you prophetic wisdom from a dead place, Isaiah, eight. Are you all all right? Because at Facebook, you all okay? Isaiah, because it's important that you know this. This is a person who's awakened by, this is what it looks like, Isaiah, Sixteen, eight, sixteen. Bind up the testimony, seal the seal the law among my disciples, and I will wait upon the Lord that hides his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look for him. These people are not looking for God. They're not looking for deep truth of revelation. They're looking for opportunity. They're looking for profitability. They're looking for expression. 
So he says here, behold, I and the children, meaning the prophetic class of company, whom the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. Now look at 19, because this is where it gets good. And when they say unto you, seek them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peace and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? In other words, modern translation, why seek ye the dead for the living? So they are always got you in debt. You, are, you can tell a false prophet and you can tell a lying prophet because they celebrate death. They're always about death. They're about, well, there is no heaven and hell. Or they're about, well, in the afterlife we got Valhalla. And in the afterlife we've got all of this. But everything is about death because Satan can't tell you about the living because he's dead. That's why you have necromancy. Necromancy, you have, you know, let's go and find out what the dead spirit saying. Y'all flowing with me? So you understand, you can listen to the conversation of a, of a prophet and know who they're talking about. They will always tell you, you don't need to stress for God. You can go to this little witch doctor over here. You can go to this little shaman over there. You can go to this little witch down the road. You can go to Mama Green, my palm around the corner. You can go to Miss Gaudy and get the naughty. You can do that. <laughs> but they won't send you to Jesus Christ. But listen to me. But there's a new move because they have reinvented themselves to take us out. So now they got to learn Bible in their program. And they have to know, learn spiritual things and all of those. And you know why they got to learn it? Because Satan said, I can't beat them. I got to join them. So they're in there shifting to us. They're affirming us. And they're in there shifting to us. They're decreeing backhandedly, if you will, that Jesus is the way. And there's only one God. Our book is this. They don't have the Satan's Bible forever. Why y'all got to read ours? We ain't reading yours. We don't care about your Bible. What do you care about that? You know, death is death. Just because you give somebody a, 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 a posthumous autobiography doesn't bring them back to life. You just fill in the blanks for their story. Give people something to remember, reach to. So they're doing that. So why is that important? Because you prophets don't read your Bible, but they're going to kick your butt with your own book because you don't believe that. So now you go to them and, and you go to these people and they're like, well, no, we don't believe the Bible. No, they're rewriting the Bible. But what are they rewriting? They're writing Jesus out. They're writing salvation out. They're writing the new creation out. They're writing the incarnation out. They're writing the precarnation out. They're writing everything on your face. We got the Pope talking about he, Jesus did not come rise from the dead. Then I'm sorry, the, the Catholics are no longer Christians. Because that's the, that's the touchstone. Everything they got. Y'all got pictures of Jesus all over the thing on the cross. You got pictures of him doing this and that. And then you're going to sit there and your Pope is going to say that he's no longer, he's the only thing he didn't say is that Catholicism is no longer Christian. Because when you deny the resurrection, you deny the reality of who we are. So your whole 2,000 plus years is in the toilet because he said Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Because he joins Jesus to the, poly, uh, the, uh, the pantheon at the Hague. So the Catholicism is not going to be Christian any longer. 
Because when we say it, it stops us from being Christian. So why are you going to do that? So you're talking about a billion Catholics are no longer Christian because Jesus did not rise from the dead. Because Paul said if Jesus did not rise, we above all people are most seeable because we believe in a lie. And he feels like this is the truth. When my daughter and I were talking about that, yes, and I said, but when that's the case, then Catholicism is no longer Christian. So I wonder what they're going to be. Don't you want to know? Anglican, no longer Christian. So what are we going to do? Because, see, sometimes in the past when they did these things, it took years before the body found out. But see, I thank God for Facebook. I'm telling you, anybody who tells me, now I'm telling you, let me just take you there. i got a scripture. What I got? I got a scripture. Because you know what? I know that, the, that, that they battle against this book too much for me to believe it's wrong. Y'all have got too much of a problem with us for us to think we're wrong. You guys worked overtime. Billions of dollars are spent on discrediting us. And I thank you for the affirmation. <laughs> Let us go to First John. I love this Bible, and I know they don't like it. I wrote in my book about, I watched a, uh, a paganist talk about their agenda on some show. I wish I remembered it all. And, um, and he was sitting there, and he was just saying, but I hate, we hate the Bible. I just hate the Bible. If we could just get the Bible out of the way. I thought, thank you, son. Bless you. Because we ain't trying to get your books out of the way. We don't have a problem with that. We're just teaching the word and letting the Holy Ghost do the work. I like this. But um, you know how we read this wrong? First John 4, 1. Beloved, we know this is our favorite one. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby we know the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. This hope's not of God. Because he said Jesus Christ didn't come in the flesh, which means he's not Christian. So we are, I mean, you put a non-Christian guy on top of you and you think he's going to stay Christian. I don't even know how that's going to happen. Hereby we know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world hears them. And then he goes on to say, we are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears, hears not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now that's First John 1 through six. So 
you have to recognize that the battle today is to say Jesus did not come in the flesh, so he wasn't a real human being. Well, see, here's my here's my case. Y'all want to know my case? I'm gonna get some. devil's cages right now. They're standing there with chains and bones, and they are arresting these devils 
because you will not take this man's inheritance. And it's unfortunately that the last watch lets you get away with it, but this watch not going to let you get away with it. We're not doing that. No, he is the Lord. He worked hard for it. I'm telling you, Satan ain't died for nothing. He died for his ego. He did not die for anything but his ego. He can't die because he's too busy killing. He was a murderer from the beginning. And he abode not in the truth. So you cannot tell me, when I, he cannot die. Even if he does cross-duty now, he's last in the second and is inferior. Our God died for us. He got up off his throne in glory. Let me just show you something. Can I show you? Can you all see? Thank you, Rachel. The mind of Christ is the mind of a royal. And we need to know that. I appreciate Jesus for this. And, and it said, let this mind be in you. I want to say, is that a question or is it a statement? Philip, uh, Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, why is it that he didn't think that? Because he is born of God. He's God's son. He said, well, I can't be less than my dad. And since I'm the firstborn, I'm with my dad. So he, he, he's saying, mm-hmm. so let's look at this. When you talk about what is a mind and what is your opinion, let's look at acronyms for the mind. Number one is your intelligence, your intellect. And your views, what are your views on Almighty God? What are your views on Jesus? Just, you know, how do you view him? When you talk about him, do you talk about Jesus being the sloppy love thing that Cupid does, Apollo does? You know, he's only love so he can get hot sex. Isn't that what February 14th is about? Jesus is not trying to be loved so he can lay up with every piece of mess. As a matter of fact, he condemned the angels who did that. A Cupid, and Cupid is the name of one. But that's not him. What is your opinion of him? It is your reason. It's how you heed God. It's your understanding, your mood. Your mind dispenses your mood. It dispenses your brain focus. It tells you who you are. It's what you watch and how you consider things. It is your awareness. It's your idea of judgment. It's your bent, what you're inclined to do. And if you're inclined to be carnal, then guess what? You're not of Jesus Christ. It doesn't make a difference that you went to church. It's nice you went to church. We appreciate church. Appreciate God. Bless God. Thank you for your good deeds. And farewell. We will part at the grave. Because I'm going up and you are not. Because God said flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So all of that stuff that you all are doing, that you say, well, well you know, Dr. Price, we think that's just legalistic. Yeah, yeah and so do you. you I'm legalistic and you're illegalistic. So I'm legal and you're illegal. Because in God's realm, they don't look like that. They don't think like that. There's nothing across into their mind to do that to the Holy Ghost. Nothing like that. Yeah, but you know, but I mean, we're free in Jesus. No, you're free in the false Jesus. Because the, the real Jesus can't change. He said, behold, I am the Lord. I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If I didn't like swinging booms and popping butts then, I don't like them today. I still don't. 
If I don't like men sleeping with anything under the sun and walking around, them looking as if they can't wait to get it. He said, I still don't like it. He said, I don't have sexual partners for you in my work. I have none. He said, I don't have any sexual partners for you. And you're going to need them because your heart is conditioned to sexuality. So I can't answer that prayer. So why would I can't bring you to my world when I can't answer that prayer? I can't provide that. I did not create sexual beings. Matter of fact, the reason being, I didn't create them. You know that because I created sex for earth and not heaven. He said, because in heaven, we like the angels. We neither marry nor give it in marriage. So, God, a lot of you all are walking around and listening to your preachers, and you never just think about the technology. You're so caught up in theology, you don't understand. Nothing makes you think, how is that theology going to become a technology? Mm. See, because there is a technology. You know, theology is that all his sin comes short of the glory of God and that in Adam all die. That's theology. But how is technology? Everybody dies. I mean, isn't that simple? Everybody just dies. We just don't. You know, you can sit there and say, but that shouldn't be. You can sit there and say, children shouldn't die. Doesn't stop heaven, doesn't stop earth, because everybody dies. The technology of death, theology, is that everybody dies. We've got funeral homes for days. It's not right that gravity should kill people. It is not right that I can't sleep with 50,000 folks and still walk away whole and healthy. That's not right. Doesn't matter. Technology. Theology has a technology. Write that down. Theology has a technology, and it's your job to figure it out. I don't agree with you, Dr. Price. I don't think that that's true. Yeah, but God says that, that you know, um, sexual sin is, is, is immoral, but it's also the only sin that you take into your body. So what is STD? What's STI? What's, what's AIDS? Zika. We got a whole lot of reasons. We got chlamydia. All of those are the technology of that immorality. So it's not about a preacher any longer. It's about the CDC. Oh, my. Because they track the technology of a population's immorality. That's their job. So theologically, I say, hey, you know what? That's not a God. That's dangerous. And you know what? You say, well, I just don't believe that. I just believe that God knows I have my needs. No, you don't. God doesn't care about your needs. Are you kidding me? God is like his needs of earth. And he needs a holy vessel. And if and, and, and if making you holy means he's got to lay you down on your back so that you never meet another soul and you can't touch another up to anything, then he's going to do that. <laughs> if you're an heir of salvation, he will stop you from your sin. But you won't. I promise you, you won't feel good about it. Theology has a technology. And we look at technology all the time and don't realize that we we said the things that, what? The things that are were made by the things that do appear or invisible things. So God, everything invisible in the earth realm has a physical container and a physical manufacturer. And a physical operator. Is that all right? So, and then when we look at royal, what do we see? We, and I'm coming back to this next week when we talk about we're going to go through the second disc. You see, floppy disc. I chose that to let you know that it's a different Mars. This is not new. This goes back in time. But I didn't want to take you to a stone and a rock. 
scroll and pop parchment. It's still to be Yeah, sometimes we really need some. I've got some room. And so here you are right now. You're believing that it doesn't matter. You believe that theology and that the Bible is wrong. First of all, you haven't read your Bible because the Bible is full of sex. Lots of sex in that body. How to do it, how not to do it, who to do it with, who not to do it with, what's going to happen when you do it wrong, what's going to happen when you do it right, what you're going to bring out of it, what kind of kids you're going to have. Okay, body full of sex. Because we act like it's only the world, but God has been struggling with this devil since the sons of God and the daughters of men. And so he talked about that. When you look at all of those, when you see the word groves in the Bible, in the Old Testament, those are all ritual sex sites. Oh, oh see, y'all didn't catch that, huh? Yeah. See, he talked about that. You named some of Baal. Baal is husband. That's a sex god. So the Bible is full of sex. And all that God has wrestled with about it and recorded, you cannot shock him. He doesn't care. If you decide you want to sleep with 15 people in one night, he can tell you about the women who slept with 50. And the priest made them. And they lined up. Ishtar had them lined up. One one priest sleeping with all of these little girls. You want to know where child pornography comes from? Ishtar. So the Bible says, but see, we don't train prophets the way they can. They should be. That's why prophets can't guard. You can't make up the hedge. You cannot fill the gap. You cannot stand in the gap because you don't know what the gap is. I got you again. <laughs> you know why? Because she opened. I got you. I got it. Um, man, really, this is really, 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 really powerful today. Um, one of the things you talked about, you brought up First John and talked about, you know, that spirit of the Antichrist that was denied, Jesus came to the flesh, and um, just realizing uh, more and more that Antichrist is not what we have imagined. You know, evangelicalism teaches you Antichrist is just one single being, one single figure in a point in time, mm-hmm. and that we will not be even dealing with any kind of uh, any kind of even posture, any any Antichrist spirit, but. Just full circle, I had written this note, full circle with everything you've talked about today, then essentially anything Antichrist speaks modification is the answer. Mm -hmm. You talked about the Pope and just the direction that that's going, and even going way back to 2015, 2016, when you first started teaching about culturally Mm -hmm. unmodified, Mm -hmm. why it's so important, you know, why God's leading us this way, and going back all the way to the beginning of your discussion day about the, the... the, the pastor and the evangelist taking us off of the mark of kingdom, true yeah. kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. And just, again, just connecting the dots today, realizing, you know, everything Christ is one street, it's a pure street, and anything Antichrist is a modified version of that, and realizing why we're in the hot water we're in with these churches. But again, going back to what you talked about at the beginning, then the apostles and prophets being the guardians and, and them not being at their post, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason. So I just thought it was really powerful today. Um, You've been talking about the last couple of weeks about that prophetic pedigree. How how do you see that affecting all the other officers as well? Because when I hear prophetic pedigree, I realize that that's not just for us as prophets to recognize how we'll be awakened, but but overall, like what is what is our as the fivefold right now? Our prophetic pedigree is that part of God's issue that the the pedigree of the officers has been polluted. Oh, I love that question. What that is a wonderful wonderful question. The reason that I start with prophets is because everything
that, whether we use a title, whether we don't use a title, whether we want to say that it's prophecy, we'll just say, well, you know, it's intuitive. I don't care what you call it. In God's world and in God's vernacular, he starts everything with prophets. And his prophetic messages go first. A prophet foreran Jesus Christ. Isn't that true? The prophets came before David got on the throne. As a matter of fact, David's a prophet. Samuel took over for Eli to give the prophets that, that stronghold over God's people. God established in uh, post-Eden a prophet. Now, why is that important? If the prophets are polluted, then they're going to pass on pollution, whether they pass it on to a king or whether they pass it on to a slave. The pollution is real. So polluted prophets create a polluted environment. When you think about it, when we didn't even, we didn't imagine it. I mean, come on. We're looking at the Exodus. We're looking at Egypt. This is amazing. This is wonderful. This is great. And there was a whole prophetic institution that God was forced to use until Moses called Balaam. Balaam had a literal huge, he was wealthy. He was a mercenary prophet. And everybody used him. If you wanted to get anything off the ground, you had to get it from Balaam the prophet and whomever Balaam had in his team. Did, did we ever think about that? So God has to shut down Balaam for Moses. And he let Balaam know, I tolerated you. God, you need to read Numbers 23 and 24. Actually, I like reading 22 through 24. But he said, I tolerated you because God did not have a vessel all those years. And we don't know where Balaam descended from, but he professionalized and personified mercenary prophetics. And he keeps coming up as a type of mercenary prophetic. God assesses mercenary prophetic, or he assesses prophetic ministry by Balaam's work. Because God talked to Balaam, but God didn't get purity from Balaam. God had paganism, psychism, and prophetic, and divination. See, because that's the three. You want to look at the psychics today, they're Balaam. They're Balaam. And because our side is not pulling up the rear, they look like they're the way it should be. So Balaam, if I can go on, Balaam says, He's prophesying. He's got a system. This is Balaam's system. I'm going to get drunk or get high. Because you need it in today's life. And they still have a change. Sorcery is about pharmacia. And wizardry needs sorcery. And sorcery needs drugs. Because those devils don't have legal access to you. So they've got to get you to drop your will for their entrance and exit. They tell you they devils under an entrance. Thank God the Holy Ghost comes in and never leaves. That's a major distinction. So they, whatever spirit they need. So Balaam gets drunk. This is his thing. Before he gets drunk, he builds seven altars. And, he, and then as he builds these seven altars, he, he offers the, the appropriate sacrifice, usually a bullock, because it's a fertility thing. So he offers, I mean, so, and, and we know what he's going to give his bull anyway, so anyhow. <laughs> so he 
does it, and he kills these bullocks and, and, and whatever other animals, and, and he, shed, he fills the trench around them with blood so that the spirit that's going to answer him comes, drinks, takes the blood, at least stops the energy out of it, and gives Balaam a word in return. Now, that's Balaam's way of doing it. So you wonder why they're called it so bloodthirsty. You want to know why television is so bloodthirsty, why they have to keep having so many murder mysteries and killings and narrative. That's part of the demonic stronghold. So Balaam would do that with sleep. But see, Balaam didn't care. It didn't make a difference if it was the Most High God, if it was any other God. Balaam just wanted a word. A lot of young prophets today, y'all don't care. You don't care who's giving you that word. You just want a word. A lot of you all are sexually active, and you and you you drink, and you become intoxicated. That's a Balaam threat. So you do Balaam threats for false words or divination. You know, this is assessment. I'm just making an assessment. You got to make the adjustment. So Balaam would do that, but God, God stepped up and told the rest of those devils, "I'll take on this. I'll be handling this." So then Balaam would go to sleep. God put a word in his mouth because God had already told him. The angel has said, listen, you cannot curse these people. Now, and now, why would God send an angel to stop him from cursing if there was no real power? Mm-hmm. That angel backed him down and said, you cannot curse these people. So Balaam gets up, and he goes, and he tells the king of Moab what he's going to do. God's going to do things for his people. These are wonderful. They get blah, blah, blah. And that man is like, what? <laughs> are you kidding me? I gave you all this money? Okay, so maybe it's a location thing. We're going to move over here, because maybe over here you can hear from my God, because I don't know where it is. So he does it, and he does it, and Balaam blesses again. Balaam wants the money. Can't get the money. He needs his divination speed because he knows that if it doesn't happen, he doesn't get his speed. See, today's prophets are just, we just talk. But see, those people, you better pay. They pay up, and you better be worth the money. So they went, and Balaam goes to another place. God does it again. And then finally, Balaam wakes up to him. He said, hold on. Wait a minute. I'm used to getting random gods. Okay. I'm used to getting random spirits. <laughs> you know, whoever shows up, whoever likes the offering. But this is different. Now, God let Balaam do his ritual because that's the only way his faculties work. Because you would say, well, God, no, no. That's how it works. And so his faculties work by that. We think about the one where, where was it, um, where Jehoshaphat, they needed a minstrel. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's faculties work by certain, a certain spiritual concoction, a, a spiritual mix, if they all work that way. And you'll talk to many prophets and say, yeah, I can prophesy whatever, but boy, when I, but boy, when I. And it's that when I that tells you your mix. So he let him do it because he said that was what, that's where Balaam's faith was. That's what opened him up. So God put the word in his mouth. He said, you cannot bless these, you cannot curse these people. So you better bless them. Why did he do that? Why? Does anybody ever consider why? Because God starts everything with a prophet, and Balaam was the only one he had big enough to do it. No prophet had the, look at what they said when you read it. Balaam was big. I mean, come on, we're talking, we like, yeah, Moab, because to us, king of Moab is like, you know, just some little guy. No, no, king of a nation. Nations knew that if Balaam spoke it, he had power in the spirit realm, and it would happen. 
don't want to have that. No, I can't say I'm big. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm big. I've got great power the spirit around. i got a massive covenant with the Holy Ghost. And when I say it, it's got to happen. And when it doesn't, then God has me. Wait a minute, that's not my covenant. You didn't say that. What did he say about family? I let none of his words fall to the ground. So I'm telling you, your goal is not to be, be coy and, and, and retiring. Your goal is to do what it takes to become the best of the best. And don't assume you're the best because you're your only method. <laughs> let somebody tell you that you are sitting in that seat. So Baron goes, but this is where the part gets good. Did you like this? Long answer, huh? You didn't tell me shorter. Yeah, you did. You always do that. You know that, don't you? Then you get me running down the road like this. I'm doing it. Oh, gee. So, but what happened? So, when Balaam finally put it together, the God who hardly talked to him, who rarely talked to him, is spending nights with him. And Balaam said, Thus says Balaam, whose eyes are open. Thus says Balaam, who sees the vision of the Almighty who hears the word of the Almighty. Balaam is like, oh, God, I'm in another dimension. The psychics don't know it until they get there. Because they're operating in that soul realm. That's why it's psychic. Huh. But we operate in the Jesus realm. We operate at the Logos. And so he said, wait a minute. For the first time, Balaam has an experience with the God of prophecy and the God of prophets. What did God do? He opened up his own archives to Balaam on Israel. I see him, but not now. Is that powerful? Deceptive. I said, Balaam is, he's floored because when you are, because I used to do all of that other stuff at the low level, but when you get into that God level, that creator level, the almighty top of the top, when you rise above where Satan wanted to be, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. When you rise above the stars of God, I want you to understand, you know the difference. And Balaam knew it. This masterful man, this masterful he knew. He has prophesied kingdom rise and fall. He prophesied leaders coming and going. He done his little profiling. He did all of that. But baby, he knew. He said, hold on. Something's different. Something is different. It's clearer up here. It's cleaner up here. The rumble is gone. That chatter that you get with all the spirits are trying to get your ear and your channel. Gone. He said, wait a minute. He went, God took him to where Satan can't ever go again. So he would never get anything but a psychic word had he not been doing it. Now, why? Why did God do it? I told you, God starts everything with the prophets. And so for a lip, for, help me. For Israel to go into her destiny unimpeded, undefeated, uncontested, it took a prophet to do it because God does everything. He starts it, he founds it, he opens it up, he tears it down. He started it with Abel, and at the end, at the end of the time, we got the two prophets tearing up the earth. 
I own this. And I don't care what the devil says. I own this, and I know it because I care for it, because I serve the God of the prophets. I serve the author, the author. Every word. The Bible said Jesus has every name above, every name that is named in heaven and earth, every name, even the cuss ones. Because if he doesn't have them all, come on. I'm telling you, the last thing that to get out of that, man, I went somewhere on that. Yes. I need to drink something. Help me, Jesus. Did, you, did they go with me? Did you all go with me? <laughs> but why else did he do it? Because he's changing the guard. He's resetting. He is resetting the world. He's got a new nation that's being born that's going to push his way into the ranks of the old nation and all the other gods. He finally has a nation that is his. He finally can say, this is mine. That's why when they cut up, he said to Israel, you only of all the families of the earth I will punish because I didn't know anybody else. I never put myself in anybody the way I put myself in you. How dare you do this to me? Now, that's what he wrote. But we had to get to that place. So he's switching out, and who becomes the new standard global rising reigning prophet? Moses. Not long after Balaam tries to go back and get that diviner's feet and get killed, God will always move in the replacements like that. Moses was taking Balaam's feet and every other, just like Daniel took all of those occultists. Because when God says it's take back time, people can't do anything, devils can't do anything but give it back. <laughs> Short answer. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, you get one. Because she, she, she used up her. What's to say? Okay. You'll find something. You've never, you know, I've never known. I've never let you down. <laughs> Okay, speaking in tongues. <laughs> when you talk about commanding spirits in their native language, that is not something that we consider. Yeah. I mean, we really are earthly minded. No, yeah, we are. And culturally minded, as far as American or wherever you live, thinking about those ancient tongues and languages. Please expound on that and how you can recognize when you are shifting into that particular strata. Because I, I would imagine that you'd have to be in a particular place in the spirit before you start. Have you ever shifted this? I have. Then why don't you explain what happens to you? Well, what happens is it's like when you start praying, um, and it's, for me, God moves me into different corridors of the spirit realm. And then your tongues change, but your posture changes. Yes. In the spirit, well, probably in the natural too. And you know that you are facing off with a particular spirit or force or something that God wants you to dismantle and not only praying. Mm-hmm. And not only praying. Now, I mean, this, one of you all have uh, 1 Corinthians 12 in your Bible or phone. Just give me a sample of that, please. Kind of quick. That's why I told you I need the little thing. I'm bobbing. I don't even know how it's going to work, but it sounds good. 
He said, but to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing, healing, the gift of healing. Didn't say the healing gift. Because this goes back to 1 Corinthians 12 down the line. The, the gift of healing by the same Spirit. The gift of healing. Now, can can the Spirit choose you regularly, constantly, if it's tied, if it's tied to your calling, your mantle? Yes. And then he says, to, us, to, to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. And to another, say I like this, diverse kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, if you take and compare this with what we've been talking about today, you would realize that the Holy Ghost speaks to all creatures, including devils. But God is giving this duty, this task, this responsibility to us. Now, the other thing you have to recognize is that Paul is saying that you have to come up with ways to anticipate the Holy Ghost. Because he's saying all of these supernatural things, all of these unnormal things, these anomalous things, these are done by the very same spirit. Because people want the Holy Ghost to do the same thing all the time. God does what the occasion calls for. So when you talk about praying in other tongues, and you talk because he said to another, I like the way he said it, to another, diverse kinds of tongues. He didn't say speaking or praying or saying. He just said tongues. And when you start dealing in this realm, you have different tongues. Why was it that the apostles wanted Jesus to tell them how to pray? They knew his language. Right. And he didn't tell them what he said. He just said, our Father who art in heaven, because of what I'm doing, y'all ain't know. I got to sit y'all for that. Okay? So when I go along, I pray. And, it's, and Jesus speaks to other people in the language of the Spirit. Now, how do you know this? I'm not sure. Because when Lazarus had to come forth, he had to call up that power, and he was groaning in the spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost groans in some. He speaks in others, prays in others. Why? It depends on what the spiritual situation is. Because there are some, I mean, you know, you could, like, I'll get the, you know, we like, we've been taught how to bind it. I'll get the binding and casting and carrying on, and then all of a sudden, as I'm binding up and carrying up, the Holy Ghost says, that ain't it. That's not enough. So I go, and he says, no, I need you to rise. Broken. And I got to climb till I can face that thing face to face. And when I climb, I'm telling you, it's different. And it's different because you're dealing with a prince. And princes don't have to obey little underlings. And they'll tell you that, uh-uh, I ain't got to go. You're going up out of here. Watch me. You're going to go up out of here. Yes, you are. And so when you start talking about, and then he said diverse kinds of tongues, and then to another. So we have read it that, you know, obviously because Paul was given order, you know, when one person can speak that tongue and another can interpret it. But when you get over there to uh, uh, down later down the page when he talks about diversity of tongues, that is because you have got to know the language. You don't know it. You've got to grow your spirit to understand and to draw on the language of God's word. Because that's what the Holy Ghost is saying. 
So the Holy Ghost is trying to get you to go up higher, and you're like, Jesus, I don't
Council on Cash App. It's going to be Dr. Paula Price. And of course, you're going to put the dollar sign in front of Dr. Paula Price, but that's how you can find her on Cash App. You can also still via PayPal today, paypal.me slash Dr. Paula Price. So for my PayPal users, you can do that. Really simple, paypal.me slash Dr. Paula Price. And then for text to give, if you just want to give via credit or debit card today, then we want to ask you to do that. And that number is going to be on the screen. I believe it's 918 203 25, did I get that right, Rachel? All right, 203-6625, it's on your screen right now. 203-6625-918 the area code there. And it should be on your screen for you guys, um, but we'll say it one more time. Oh, for YouTubers, okay, hey, YouTube. All right, 918-203-6625. That's text to give. I want to thank you guys in advance. And don't forget to go and visit us at takingiton.com to find out how you can become a partner with this program. That means that you would subscribe and you would make a donation on a regular basis. So visit us, takingiton.com, so you can find out how you can partner with us. Amen. And listen, thank you so much. Let me thank all of you all who have been seeding and sowing to me. You have no idea how amazing that is for us because this is a challenging word. To be that front runner who has to turn that, that whole ship with this little rudder, it's, it's, it's a mighty privilege but it is still a challenge. So I want to thank you. I summon harvest on your seeds. I command prosperity to hunt you down and find you, to find your address, to find your bank account, to find your wallet, to find your need and fill it. I summon that for you in the name of Jesus Christ. I cause prosperity to happen. I, can, I, I literally release God's mercy on you. You might have been a little bit messy, not even this, but I release his mercy because he says he delights in mercy. So God's going to be merciful to you in the situation that you're facing. I'm speaking to the mother with the sick baby. I commission healing on that baby. I command that infant to be made whole. Your child will not suffer that malady again. I speak to it. This woman, I see you just, the husband, you just, I'm, I'm trying to be the best I can. God said, I will speak to you in a nice season. He said, I speak to my servant. He said, I will give you the keys to understanding your wife and understanding her predicament. And he said, and I will give you the grace to do it. So those are some of the things that God would say to you today. And so I'm asking you to continue to back us. We're, we're trying to right now. We're working on raising the funds to shoot the season two of Taking It On. If, that, if you feel a burden for that, go to takingiton.com and say, you know, Dr. Price, this is just too good to stay in this little containment. I want to be a part of taking it to the nations and to the nations of the nations. In Jesus' name, see you Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty, where God saves. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.